Welcome to We Are The Family Room, a podcast for expecting parents and young families to learn, find support, and be real during one of the biggest transitions of your life. Just like our two physical locations in Los Angeles, we hope this is a space that makes you feel a little less alone in your parenting journey and a lot like you are doing amazing. My name is Karen Stottero, and I will be your host. We are going to end the year and the first season of We Are the Family Room with my first totally solo episode. Today, it's just me. We are five days away from Christmas. Audrey is already done school for the year. Junior year is hard, so I'm excited she will have some much-needed downtime. And Colette and Evelyn only have a few more days left of school, which is mostly holiday parties and winter concerts. The best news is that James is home too. He's been out of town a lot this year, so we were thrilled to all be together. I'm going to talk a little about our holiday traditions, as they are something that are really important to my family. James once mentioned going to Hawaii for Christmas, and all the girls said some version of, but what about the sticky buns? I make sticky buns for Christmas morning, and clearly they love them. James told them there are sticky buns in Hawaii, and they all said it's not the same. So as you can see, many of our traditions are held near and dear to the girls' hearts. Many of our traditions also involve food. Our holiday season is kicked off with a giant cookie bake. I have been making cookies for over 20 years and sharing them with friends and family. It started when my friend Jane's parents gave me a gift over the holidays and I wanted to give them something too. So I made them some cookies in my tiny apartment in Philadelphia. I love that my Christmas cookie story starts with my Jewish friends. Every year I add more cookies to the bake and more people to give them to. We make seven different kinds chocolate chip, oatmeal raisins, snickerdoodles, peanut butter blossoms, which seem to be everyone's favorite, chocolate crinkle, ginger snaps, and sugar. Two years ago, I added a shortbread recipe and it didn't work out. So for now, I'm sticking with the seven. Most of the cookies are mailed to the East Coast with the majority going to Philly and Boston. It takes us a whole weekend to make the cookies. The only time I almost didn't make the cookies when I was pregnant with the twins. I felt like I physically couldn't do it. Then Evan Kleiman set me straight. She will come up again in this podcast. If you don't know Evan Kleiman, she is a chef, owned an Italian restaurant in LA for like 20 years, and is the host of Good Food on NPR. In a former life, I was lucky enough to work with her. My background is in corporate communications, and I mostly worked in-house for large financial companies like Bear Stearns in New York City, Fidelity Investments in Boston, and then at an agency heading up the Charles Schwab account in LA. You're probably thinking, what does this have to do with your cookies? But stay with me. I started getting some food accounts at the agency, starting with avocados from Mexico. I could talk about avocados from Mexico all day. I love the fruit, the people, the team all so much. Food accounts are way more fun than financial services, as you can imagine. So I volunteered to take more of them. A lot of the clients were food grown or made outside the U.S., like avocados from Mexico. I also worked on prosciutto di Parma, obviously in Italy, and Scuna Bay salmon from the pristine waters of Vancouver Island. A big perk of the job was taking food reporters and chefs on press trips to see where the food is from. I got to host Evan on some of these trips. 
I was pretty pregnant with the twins in Italy with Evan eating so much risotto I could burst. And I was telling her that for the first time in a million years, I wasn't sure I could do the cookie bake. I was already pretty pregnant and felt like I was slowing down. She asked me how I did it and told me I was doing it wrong. You make all the day dough one day and then bake another. It was game-changing, and I managed to make the cookies that year, too, thanks to her advice. Over the years, the girls' participation has, let's just say, evolved, but this year it really felt magical. Cookie Bake Weekend, which we now do the weekend after Thanksgiving, otherwise it stresses me out, is definitely something everyone looks forward to. I also host Christmas Eve dinner for my extended family. My grandmother, Mama Mavicoli, used to make seven fishes, which is an Italian tradition. No one in my family really likes seafood that much, so I take the spirit of the seven fishes and instead make shrimp scampi, crab cakes, and Parmesan risotto every year. The Parmesan risotto is Evan's recipe, it all comes back to Evan Kleiman right now, and is so good. The crab cake recipe, though, is the biggest hit. One of my oldest friends, Jen Carfagno, I have a lot of friends named Jen and a sister too, shared her recipe with me years ago. Everyone loved it. Last year, she told me her family was using a new recipe. I was like, why are you messing with perfection? She really encouraged me to try it, and everyone in my family voted that it was indeed the best is best. Christmas Eve dinner is extra special and I think a good example of interpreting and still carrying on a tradition that works for your family now. No seven fishes in our house, but a seafood dinner still. I'm just going to do a little side note that this year, the Philadelphia Eagles are playing the Dallas Cowboys on Christmas Eve. I'm a very big Eagles fan and I feel like this is unfair. It's not that I am worried about being distracted about the game. I can cook and watch football. I do it all the time. It is that I'm worried about being sad about the game. I don't want to lose to the Cowboys on Christmas Eve. It feels very unholy. We should win, and I believe we will win, but anything could happen. We've already beat them once this year, and I think it is fine if we do lose, so then we beat them in the playoffs, because I think beating three times in a row could be hard, but honestly, I just don't want to think about it, and I can't go through that emotional roller coaster. So I have decided not to watch or check the score. We'll see if I can actually do it. This is what setting holiday boundaries looks like for me this year. Okay, finally, we're at the famous Christmas morning sticky buns. There is no backstory and no special recipe. I took a bread making class a million years ago in Boston and got the recipe there. I decided a long time ago I wanted to have something ready in the morning to just pop in the oven on Christmas morning that everyone would actually eat. So I made and froze them ahead of time. Everyone loves them. I make them once a year. I think this is a reminder that it doesn't have to be a special passed down recipe or something from your childhood. Something simple you do year after year creates its own memories. I grew up outside of Philadelphia, hence the Eagles fan. And in Philadelphia, we have something called the Mummer's Parade on New Year's Day. It is hard to describe it. It's sort of like Mardi Gras with elaborate and really colorful costumes, but there are organized routines that are performed by different groups. If you're curious, just Google it and look at images. Actually, we will put a link in the show notes. My mom spent her childhood in South Philadelphia, and the parade goes right down Broad Street, so she has many special memories of the Mummer's Parade. We watched it every year at my house growing up and ate pork for good luck. 
So a New Year's Day parade is sort of in my blood. I could do a whole episode on why the Rose Parade is special to me, and maybe I will one day. I love it. Every year at the parade, we talk about a family room float one day at the parade. That would be such a dream come true. I feel like my girls may be in a stage about growing going to the parade in person or at least for now. This will sound crazy to you with little ones, but they are at an age when sleeping in sounds nice too. So I'm not sure who will be going to the parade with me this year. They may prefer to watch the parade on the couch with Krispy Kremes. We always eat Krispy Kremes at the parade. Finding something you love to do together and then being flexible is important. Oh, and I still eat pork every year for good luck. My mom used to make it for dinner. I generally just make bacon. (laughs) It's hard to believe this is episode 21. One of the things I say a lot at the family room is that through sharing the ups and downs of parenthood, we normalize things and help people feel less alone. Next year on the podcast, in addition to the many experts I will continue to interview, we will hear from you. From birth stories to what it was like having postpartum depression to so much more, we want to share your stories and your perspective. Please email the show at podcast at familyroomcenter.com if you have a birth, postpartum, or parenting story to tell. Having a family room podcast was something I thought about for a long time. And your response has shown that it was indeed a good idea. A giant thank you for listening and sharing the podcast with others. I hope you have learned, smiled, or laughed, and felt supported. It has been really fun, and I'm looking forward to next season. We'll be off for the holidays, but back with new episodes starting on January 10th. I wish you and your family all a very happy and safe holiday. See you in 2023. A giant thank you for listening. To help support the podcast, please subscribe to never miss an episode, share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a five-star rating and review. You can reach us by email, podcast at familyroomcenter.com with questions, guest ideas, or to say hi. Also, follow us on Instagram at The Family Room for more support. Thanks again, and remember, you are doing great.